Stony Valley family, it's great to see everybody here today and to be back with you. Uh, Susie and I were away last weekend uh, down, down in Florida for a week doing a whole lot of nothing. And it was awesome. It was so good. I've never been so rested in my adult life. Uh, quite honestly, I'm one of those, I struggle to sleep seven hours a night. I mean, it is a real, real struggle. And I was, I was logging 10 hours a night while we were away. And uh, I don't know what to do with myself, quite honestly. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm going to preach longer or anything like that this morning. You don't have to be worried about that. Hey, didn't Pastor Steve and Francis do a phenomenal job last week talking about prayer, house of prayer? Uh, we were able to watch that online and always appreciate Stephen. He's going to be back in June, actually, again uh, as guest speaker and, and love it when he pinch hits. Uh, no doubt about it. Next week, I want to already invite you back next week. Next week, we're continuing with this series uh, that we're in today, Together, Everyone Achieves More Team. But next week, we're going to be talking about Together, We Can Serve Like Christ. And in our noon service, we're actually going to be ordaining two new uh, additional members to our board of elders, uh, Derek Lavery and Aaron Johnson. We're real excited about that, but uh, the whole message really will be applicable to all of us uh, about how Jesus expects us to serve just like he did, and that'll be next week, and we can do that together. Uh, but today, I want to uh, continue this series and talking about together we're changed. Together we're changed, and, and I brought a, a little lightweight prop with me here today, uh, a little 25-pound dumbbell. This is a uh, this is one of my cast iron dumbbells. This, this is probably about 25 years old or more. It's made a couple of moves with us. Um, and it's, it's amazing what you can do with just a dumbbell. It doesn't even have to be a, a real heavy one. I've got the, the, the pair to this, you know, the other one at home. You should have heard this rolling around the back of the car driving in today. It was like bang, bang. But it's amazing what you can do with just a set of dumbbells. Uh, I listed a couple of exercises that, that I like to do regularly just with my dumbbells. You can do curls. You can do isolation curls. You can do hammer curls. You can do shrugs. You can do heel raises. You can do kickbacks, flat bench press, incline bench press, decline bench press. You can do just normal flies, incline flies, flat flies, lateral raises, lunges, squats, skull crushers, all these different things you can do just with a dumbbell. You can get an incredible workout, upper body and lower body, just with a set of dumbbells. And it reminds me, dumbbells remind me of the Bible. Not because it's dumb at all, but because there's, the Bible applies to every single area of our life. Just like dumbbells, you can hit your shoulders, you can hit your triceps, you can hit your biceps, you can hit your lats, you can hit your quads, you can hit everything with your dumbbells. The Bible hits every area of life. The only thing about it is, if this just stays down in the basement and never moves, owning dumbbells don't benefit you at all if you don't use them. Owning a Bible doesn't benefit you at all if you don't use it. And that's what I want to talk about today, it is together we are changed. That just as you could look at a dumbbell and realize, if I give this time in my life on a regular basis, it's going to change me. How much more true if we give God's word time in our life on a regular basis, that it'll actually change us. 
But if we don't, all those benefits that could have been ours. I'd, I'd love to tell you I've used these dumbbells consistently for 25 years. I haven't. There was, oh, about a decade in there that they just drew dust. Use them consistently now. But, but it doesn't benefit us, just like a dumbbell doesn't benefit us if we don't use it. The Bible doesn't benefit you and I unless we apply it to our lives. Your Bible, my Bible, is God's unchanging word. Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but not one of his words will ever pass away. You realize that? Everything you can see with your natural eye one day will be gone, but not one of God's words. That's why this is called the Holy Bible. It is the ultimate number one bestseller in human history. More Bibles have been printed than any other book ever in human history. Number one bestseller, year after year after year, so much so they don't even put it on the bestseller uh, list because it just blows every single other book out of the water in terms of sales on a regular basis. I want to throw a lot of notes at you today. Look at a lot of scripture today, and, and my notes are on our website because I think it's just so important. Sometimes we need to be reminded. Sometimes we need to be just actually informed of how powerful God's word is and to make a priority. That's what truly changes us on the inside. Psalm 33 verse 6 says, The Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. You realize that God's word formed everything that you and I see. That's how powerful, that's how creative, that's how his word changes everything. In John chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus said, The words I have spoken to you are spirit, and they are life. I, I, I'm an avid reader. I, I normally read like three books at a time, just back and forth in between. But the one book that I never leave alone is the Bible. Nothing substitutes for the Bible. Not even another book about the Bible will actually impact your life as much as actually reading the Bible. Not what someone tells you the Bible, but what, just actually reading the Bible. There is no substitute. There's nothing secondary to actually reading God's Word. Spending time daily. In fact, we're, we're kicking off our, our 21 days of prayer and fasting today. And I'm so thrilled that so many in our church family are joining us and are being a part and joining the team of the prayer and fasting over the next 21 days on our social media every morning. In fact, it happened this morning. We put up a little prayer kind of catalyst to help you just focus every single morning over these next 21 days. Let me encourage you this, uh, this way as well. If you don't have a regular, consistent uh, time of reading God's word, reading the Bible every day, let me encourage you to start today. Start in the Gospel of John. Just read one chapter a day. And guess what? John has 21 chapters. And you'll finish the entire book of John just by reading one chapter a day. It's probably going to take you about six minutes a day. Six minutes a day. And by Saturday before Easter Sunday, you will have read all the, about the life of Jesus, all the words, his death, his resurrection, his ascension again, and you will be so ready for Easter. Prayer, fasting, reading God's word, I encourage you, read the Gospel of John beginning today, just one chapter. 
And then, you know what, on Easter, start another one of the Gospels. But there's 21 chapters and John fits perfectly into our 21 days of prayer and fasting. So this is a message, this is a word today about the word. Look at what the word, what the Bible says about itself. In Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, the word of God is living and active. No other book in human history can claim that. It's alive. It's living and active. Sharper than a double-edged sword, it penetrates, even dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. One of the things that we love to do is give people Bibles that have never had a Bible. If you don't have a Bible, if you don't have a real, like, can, can hold, handle it Bible, I'm not talking about digital, a real one, stop by our guest area, the carpeted area in the cafe on your way out. We'd love to give you the first Bible you've ever owned. We love to do that. It is one of the greatest things, we, gift we can ever give anyone is the first Bible that they've ever actually owned before. And I remember, we've done this for years and years and years, and uh, woman, a woman came to the church several years back, and a uh, member of the church, and, and, and she got her first Bible here, and we got to talking like months and months later, and, and I asked her, I said, how's it going reading the Bible? She goes, oh, I don't read it. And I said, well, what do you do with it? She goes, I just put it in the, the drawer of my nightstand. And I said, you know, you really ought to read it. She goes, no, I, I, I'm afraid to read the Bible. And I said, why are you afraid? And she said, because I know it will change me if I do. Boy, if that's not the truth. I think that's why the number one reason why we'd rather read all kinds of other stuff but not actually read the Bible because we know it, it's living and active I'd rather, I'm just being honest, I'd rather read commentaries about the Bible. I'd rather read what other people say about it than just the Bible itself. Because when it's someone else's opinion, I can disagree with it. But when it's just God's word, just hitting Greg's heart, I've got a decision to make. Am I going to reject God's word or am I going to allow God's word to change me? It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It's living and active. How does God's word change us? I'm glad you asked. I want to give you a few ways that God's word changes us. And remember, it only changes us if we use it, if we apply it to our life. First thing is, it recreates life. No other book can, can claim the Bible recreates life itself. Every year we talk about, you know, New Year, we're going to turn over a new leaf. You know what? The Bible says that when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, you don't turn over a new leaf. You receive a brand new life. Brand new life. That's the teaching of the scripture. James chapter 1, verse 18. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth. Right here. God's word. Through the word of truth, we find new life. The Bible calls this being born again. Jesus talked about it being born again. Look in one place, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. You have been born again. How? Not by perishable seed, but imperishable, what? Through the living, enduring word of God. God's word gives you and I new life. No other book, no, no newspaper, no magazine, nothing else on the planet gives you and I new life except God's word. That's how powerful it is. New life comes through God's word. It changes us. 
Together, we're changed. That's why it's so important just even gathering like this as a church family on a regular basis. You know why? Because even when I read the Bible by myself, I can kind of pick and choose what I want to read, where I want to read it. There's something about being a part of a church family that, that, that as we, we, we work our way through different sermon series and we look at different scriptures, we're going to come across some stuff we don't really agree with. We don't really like that much. And there's something really, really healthy about that because none of us are perfect, right? If you're perfect, just raise your hand right now. See, none of us are. We, we all need to grow. That's why we all need God's word so much. You have been born again, not by perishable seed, but imperishable through what? The living and enduring word of God. First thing is it recreates life. Second thing is it eradicates guilt. So many people I know that they struggle with a guilty conscience. I encourage get into God's word because God's word eradicates guilt. It destroys, dismantles, just completely demolishes guilt. Look at what the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 and 26. Christ loved the church and he gave himself up for her to make her holy. What? Cleansing her by the washing with the water through the word. If you struggle with guilt, if you struggle with things that you've done in the past that just haunt you still today, the best advice I can give you is get God's word cleansing your mind. God's word eradicates guilt. That's Jesus does it how? Through the washing of the water through the word. Notice the capital W there. That, that's God's word. That's what that means. We don't have to struggle with guilt as a follower of Jesus Christ. When we spend time in his word, it reminds us of what he went through because he loved you and he loved me so much. No more guilt. That's God's desire for you. God's desire for me as well. But if we leave the dumbbell in the basement gathering dust, it doesn't do us any good. We've got to allow God's word to wash us clean. John 15, 3, Jesus put it this way. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Now, just think about that. That's in the Gospel of John, just like I encouraged you. Read the Gospel of John, one chapter every day for the next 21 days. And Jesus says you're clean because you hear his words. It cleanses our soul. It washes out our soul from the things that want to stick to us from the past. It recreates life. It eradicates guilt. How about this one? It activates faith. If you, have, if you struggle just trusting God, just believing in God, spend time in his word. It activates faith. Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says, faith comes from hearing the message and the message is heard through the word of Christ. There, there is something about spending time in God's word that faith begins to rise in us and our faith gets stronger and stronger and stronger. It recreates life. It eradicates guilt it activates faith. How about fourth one? It stimulates growth. You grow spiritually by spending time reading the Bible, God's word. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Paul was, was leaving a, a group of Christians. He was never going to see them again. And in Acts 20, verse 32, he says, I commit you to God and to the word of grace. God's word has grace. There's a grace. There's empowerment 
on his word. He said, I commit you to God and to the word of grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among those who are sanctified. What does an inheritance mean? It means for those that are in the family of God. When you're in the family, you receive an inheritance. Part of your inheritance is spiritual growth. How does it happen? Through spending time in God's word. Paul was able to say, and think about it, they're literally, that's in the book of Acts. All the rest of the, the letters haven't even been written yet. So much of the Bible that we have today hadn't even been written yet, but he's like, I can trust you to it. I commit you to God and the word of his grace, his empowering presence, which builds you up and gives you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. We grow spiritually when we prioritize time in God's word. And here's the thing. Maybe you don't spend a lot of time in God's word. Just amp it up a little bit. Maybe you don't spend any, like I said, one chapter a day. Maybe you only spend five minutes every single day. Just make it ten. Just, just, dial, just dial it up a little bit more and watch the things we're talking about right now. Nothing else on the planet will benefit you the way that God's word actually will help you to grow. How about this in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17? It says, all scripture, all the Bible, Genesis through Revelation, is God-breathed and is useful. Look at what it's useful for. Teaching, rebuking correcting and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, those are some big words there. What does all that mean? Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. Teaching is this. Teaching, God's word teaches me. It shows me the right path to walk on. That's what it means when it teaches us. It shows me the right path to walk on. What is correcting? God's word shows me where I got off the path. And, and, and says, Greg, this is the path you're supposed to walk on. God's word then says, uh, this is the path that you got off on. That's, that's what rebuking is. What is correcting? God shows me how to get back on the right path that he wants for me. That's correcting. And what is training? God shows me how to stay on the path and not to fall off again. That's what those four words mean. First of all, it teaches. What's the right path that God has for every single one of us to walk on? It teaches us that. God's word teaches us that. Then what's rebuking? It shows you and I where we got off the path. That's why so many people don't like to spend time in the Bible. Because we just want to go our own way. But it shows us this is the path that God has for us. Rebuking is this is the path. This is where you got off the path. Correcting is this is how to get back on the path. And training in righteousness is what? This is how to stay on the path. That's the power of God's word. So incredibly important in our life, in my life, in your life. Together, everyone achieves more. And together, when we prioritize God's word, guess what happens? We're changed. It changes us. It shows us the path. It shows us how to get back on the path. It shows us uh, where we got off the path, how to get back on the path, and how to stay on the path. Here's the fifth thing that God's word does. It illuminates our minds. It illuminates our minds. Psalm 119, verse, uh, Psalm 119 Psalm is all about God's word. It's the longest chapter in the entire Bible. It just goes on and on, and it's all about God's word. The priority, the importance of God's word. Look at just one of those verses. Uh, actually, a couple of them. Let's look at Psalm 119, uh, 130 says, Understanding your word brings light to the minds of ordinary people. 
my mom and dad are with Jesus now, but if they were alive today, they'd tell you, Greg got smarter when he went to Bible college. I did. I'll just, I'll just admit this, okay? I graduated from John Jay High School. Uh, my graduating class was 519 students. 519. I was number 437 in my class. 437. It's hard to make good grades when you never bring a book home. It's, it's hard when you study. I proved that to my parents. But something happened when I went to college. It's like all of a sudden my mind turned on. I got smarter. In fact, real shout out to my wife who was my girlfriend at the time. Uh, my sophomore year, she actually taught me how to study. I was a sophomore in college. I didn't even know how to study. She taught me how to study. My parents, like, fell to their knees when they met Susie the first time. They were like, thank you, God, for bringing this girl into my son's life. Understanding your word brings light to the minds of ordinary people. You want to raise your IQ? Spend time in God's word. You want to get smarter? Spend time in God's word. It promises ordinary people it will bring understanding into your life. Just like that dumbbell hits all these different areas, uh, you, you know, in terms of exercise and, and working out. God's Word hits all the areas of our life, every single one. There's not one in God's Word that is not talked about or covered or instruction about. It illuminates our mind. Look at another verse in Psalm 119, 105. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I like to refer to this as like the 30-foot rule. It's just like uh, if it was nighttime and you went out and you got in your car, what happens? You turn on your car, you turn on the headlights. Your headlights don't light up while you're parked. It doesn't light up the road all the way to your home. What happens? They, they only light up about 30 feet, maybe 50 feet or so. But as you begin to move forward, as you begin to progress, it lights up another 50 feet, and another 50, and another, and another, and soon you find your way back safe at home. That's the promise of God's word. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I, I, I don't know what the rest of my life looks like, but I know what the next step is, and I can be confident of that because of what God's word is. What God's word says. And as I just trust him, the next word, then, then he shows me the next step. And the next step. And the next step. And why does he do it like that? You know why sometimes I just wonder, and people ask me sometimes, like, why didn't God just show me his plan for my entire life? Because then you'd have no use for him. You'd have no use for him. Oh, okay, I got this. I have no reason to, to stay in relationship and communication with you. But instead, God, I trust you. What's the next step? Your word is a lamp to my feet, and it's a light to my path. His word illuminates minds. Here's the sixth thing. It elevates moods. <laughs> Some of us have just stanky moods. And you know what that tells me? We don't spend time in God's word. If you, if you need an attitude adjustment, here's one right here, God's word. If you if, don't look at your spouse right now, not a good time to do that or anything. But if you're just known for being a grouch, bad attitude, listen, that is an indicator you don't spend time in God's word. It, it, it elevates our moods. It, it changes us 
on the inside. Romans chapter 15 verse 4 says, Everything that was written in the past was written to teach us. So that through endurance and the encouragement of the scripture, you might have hope. Did you realize the Bible itself says, if you read the Bible, you're going to be encouraged. You're not going to have a bad attitude. You're not going to be a glasses half empty type of person. You're not going to be an Eeyore sour, you know, just, just sour disposition. God's word gives us encouragement. And it gives us hope. The nightly news is not going to do that. Time Magazine's not going to do that. Sports Center's not going to really even do that either. God's word and his word alone, it, it changes our mood. It changes the attitude that you and I have. This is how powerful and important God's word is. It changes us. It elevates uh, the, our moods. In Psalm 119, back to that again. I love this in the message translation, paraphrase. It says, you're my place of quiet retreat. I wait for your word to renew me. Psalmist David said, I'm waiting, God, your word, it renews me. It resets me. It adjusts my attitude. It elevates my mood. Here's the seventh thing that God's word does. It liberates potential. It liberates potential. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, Jesus said, if you continue in my word. Boy, that's a two-letter word, but it is huge. If. If you continue in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If. If you use the dumbbell, but only if do you get the benefits. Doesn't do you any good looking at it. Doesn't do you any good talking about it. Doesn't do, it's only if you continue. If you continue in my word, then you are truly my disciples. No one will ever know your true potential the way that God does. No one will ever know your true potential. Not your mother, not your father, not a teacher, not a coach. No one, not even you, know your true potential. Only God does. You know why? Because he's the one who gave it to you. He's the one who created you. He and he alone knows your true potential. That's why for you and I to fulfill our true potential, we need to spend time in his word. Because his word reveals to us who we really are. Who it is that he's really created you and I to be. God and God alone knows your true potential. And if you and I are going to fulfill our true potential, it's not going to be that, that God's word is kind of a secondary kind of hit or miss thing. It's going to be an important part of my life. It's going to be an important part of your word. If you continue in my word, only if. So real quickly in the remaining just couple minutes that we have, I want to share with you, after I did just share with you those seven different ways that God changes us, let me just give them to you quick again. God's word changes us. It recreates life. It eradicates guilt. It activates faith. It stimulates growth. It illuminates minds. It elevates moods. It liberates potential. So how do we gain these benefits? 
three ways that you and I, that, that we really can use the dumbbell, put it into practice. Here's the first thing, learn it. You got to learn God's word. You and I have to learn God's word. Mark chapter 12, verse 24, it says, your trouble is that you don't know the scriptures. Jesus said that to religious leaders of his day. He said, the trouble with you is you don't know the scriptures. And so that's why it's so important that I don't, I don't preach from Reader's Digest. You, you know, I don't, don't preach from, you know, current events or, or something like that. What does God's word have to, we have to know the scriptures. And just like on every Tuesday night, Pastor Dan has a Bible study. People can come anytime they want, just going through different books of the Bible, different studies uh, in God's word. We're all about knowing the scriptures because here's the thing. The more you know the scriptures, the more you know God. It's his word. It's his word. And so we have to prioritize. And Jesus said the trouble is that you don't know the scriptures. But that's not enough just knowing the scriptures. Second thing is, if we're going to really gain the benefits, we have to accept God's word. We have to accept it. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, it says, when you receive the word of God, you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but as it actually is the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. Not only do we need to know the scriptures, but then we have to accept the scriptures. Okay, this is literally what God is saying to me. This isn't the words of men. This is literally God's word, and it's alive. And if I accept it that way, it will change my life. We have to know the scriptures. Then we have to accept the scriptures. And then the third thing that is the most important in all of it, you got to do it. You got to do God's word. Again, John chapter 13, Jesus said this way. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. If you do them. Knowing God's word, even accepting it, doesn't change us. It's when we do God's word. Have you ever thought about this before? Knowing God's word is just not enough. No one will ever beat Satan in a scripture quoting contest. Satan knows God's word inside and out. In fact, that's what he even tempted. He twisted God's word when he tempted Jesus three times. Satan has no application of God's word in his life. He doesn't do any of it. That was the problem with, with the religious leaders. They, they, they had an understanding of the scripture, but they didn't apply it to their life. Listen, back to the metaphor. You may go to, to uh, Planet Fitness. And Planet Fitness may be your gym. And, and you might be like, Planet Fitness is better than Gold's Gym. It's so much better than Gold's Gym. And, and the trainers are so much better. Uh, th those that show us the different tips are so much better. You know, the machines are so much better. All these different things. Planet Fitness is my gym. You may have a membership at Planet Fitness. But if you never go to Planet Fitness and work out, it doesn't benefit you at all. When it comes to God's word, one of the most dangerous things is to know God's word but not live God's word. And then we become what is the greatest indictment 
on most Christians, hypocrites, that we say one thing, but we live something else. Doesn't benefit us at all. Having the dumbbell, just owning a set of dumbbells is not going to make you physically healthier unless you use the dumbbells. Knowing God's word, owning a Bible, is not going to benefit you at all. You, you can have stacks and stacks of sermon notes. It's not going to change you a bit unless you apply what you've learned, God's word, to your life. One day, every one of us is going to stand before God as his children because we received Jesus Christ. It's not going to be heaven and uh, heaven or hell that's hanging in the balance. He wants to reward us because we've received Jesus Christ as our Savior. And, and, and we're going to be judged. And what that means is we're going to be rewarded based on what we've done in this life. And you know what the, we're going to be rewarded on? Not how much of God's word can we quote, but how much of God's word did we actually live? How much of God's word did we actually allow to change who we are? Change us into who it was that God created us to always be. And to the greater, to the, to the measure that we fulfill that, he's going to reward us for all time and all eternity. Scripture makes that really, really clear. Not based on how much we can quote or how much we know but how much we actually lived. Listen, I don't need to ask for a show of hands, but we all know Christians that are mean as rattlesnakes, been sitting in church year after year, decade after decade, and they're just mean and nasty. How can that happen? Knowing God's word, but not doing God's word. The scripture says itself, don't just be hearers of God's word, but be doers of God's word. That's how we receive the benefits. Knowing his word, accepting it, and then doing his word. I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, for some of us, our, our Bibles are as dusty as our dumbbells. Lord, we hear your word today. And Lord, we want a change. We want to be who you've created us to be. But Father, we recognize that it's your word that we need to hide in our hearts, to apply to our life. Lord, not only to study your word, but to allow your word to study us, to study our hearts, to show us the path, to show us where we've gotten off the path, to show us how to get back on the path and to show us how to stay on the path that you've given to us. Lord, thank you for your word that's alive, active, and sharper than a double-edged sword. And Lord, may we prioritize the importance of your word, not only over these 21 days of prayer and fasting that we are launching and kicking off today, but Lord, every day until we see you face to face, in your name we pray. Right now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity. 
If, if you're here today or on our online campus and you've never taken that time to receive, to accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that right now. The Bible says if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so right now in the stillness of this moment, I just want to lead you in a prayer that you can repeat after me, even in a whisper right where you are. God hears, God knows, and God wants to respond as you receive Jesus as your Savior. Just pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. I turn from my sins today. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. And Jesus, I ask you to lead me, guide me, direct me by your Holy Spirit as I apply your word to my life. Amen. Amen. And now I want to speak one of the many blessings over you that's recorded for us in the pages of Scripture. God gave these words, and he said, when these words are spoken over my people, my name is being put upon my people. If you'd like to receive this blessing right now, I just invite you to open your hands like you're receiving a gift from God. Because these words that I'm honored to speak over you right now truly are a gift that he gave. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift his countenance upon you. And may he give you his peace. God bless you, Valley family. Have a great week.